to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal with Conan Neutron and Josh Davis. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're gonna go on a killing spree with shot and nails. Confidence of a hero or fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed. And for once, dear Josh, I am prepared. <laughs> yes! With, with lack of anything to do other than put on a good show here at the home, the home of the one and only. You're listening to Protonic Reversal. It's been a while since I played that one. <laughs> That's so a good one. Yeah, yeah. Virtual. Get a little NPR. It's not that we're slacking off. <laughs> we're just keeping it chill. We're yeah. keeping it chill. Yeah. We want to be. We want to get that certified chill Elliot Turton sticker. Ooh, that's a need that, me one of those. That's a a bucket list item for me. No kidding. Uh, welcome, folks. Welcome to Protonic Reversal. We've got a great guest tonight. We have the um, awesome Rose Marshak of yeah. the Poster Children. I am super excited. Go it, if you know me, and all goes without saying. She's one of my uh, biggest influences as a bass player mm-hmm. and as a good person in indie rock yes it's fact fact science fact <laughs> science fact science fact yes uh yeah she's um she's a badass plain and simple uh there was a hilarious reference in the last radio zero about her in real time talking to rick about me asking her again to be on the show which by the way i want oh, to wow. say i asked her i've asked her a, a few times and she kind of like is sort of blown it off i'm like yeah, i'm serious about this you need to do it come on and uh, yeah, she, she had some reticence for it. And there was actually a great Rick quote that I, I probably could have seen back in the hour or so we had to prep before the <laughs> for the show. But uh, trust me, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> You'll just have to go listen to Radio yeah, Zero Go yourself. listen to Radio Zero at uh, wherever you find that. RadioZero.com, is that right? Yeah, just Google some sure. Radio Zero and uh, yeah, you podcast. You're an adult. And, yeah, you can find <laughs> <laughs> One of the earliest podcasts we know of, by the way. Yeah, uh, earliest podcast I know of. Yeah, before anybody was referring to it as a podcast, it was just an Correct. online radio show that you could download. Hence the radio of the Radio Zero. Exactly. So That goes back to, what, 99, um, I want to say? Yes. Yeah, craziness. Like, Probably. you can put an MP3 on a computer and you can just go ahead and download it and listen to it all yeah, by yourself. Tell the goddamn thing. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> oh, my God. And now... Uh, so ubiquitous that we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that is that the uh, anyone can do this? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, they let they let Kona Neutron and Josh Davis have a show. Oh, Jesus, uh, they let anyone on the internet these days. <laughs> Christ. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, you're listening to it. Perdon Reversal. You're soaking in it. Oh, get out of there. Uh, so we're gonna play some tunes, uh, and then we'll have Rose on. It's gonna be fun. Uh, let's see what what else is there to? Oh, hey, shout out to Dave Catching for basically being more effective on <laughs> social media than the show has in the entirety of its run by just mentioning Serious. that he was on it. Yeah, that's great. Right. It's not. It's not every thread. Thread. Sure. It's not every tweet that tweet. can. Sure. Yeah. That 
uh, you have a shared like from both Mark Lanigan and the Bullet Boys. That is a that is a some kind of asterisk. In that, the, that's in a the Venn diagram books. that basically should not overlap at all. But apparently, Dave Ketching is. Oh no, Ryan Warner maybe. Of it. Yeah, he's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, so shout out to Dave. Yeah. Obviously, great dude, great guest, great having great having him on. Um, welcome any new listeners that decided to stick with it. Rest of y'all, blow me. No. Oh, oh no, 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 no! Come on, come on. Uh. Yeah, what else? Cold as hell. Uh, it's 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 snowy is the problem. Snow is yeah, more the issue. Snowy. It's cold. It's been cold. It's survivable cold, but the snow has just been piling up, and it's fucking up my life. And uh, oddly enough, unlike most episodes of Protonic Reversal that happened this winter, I don't really want to talk about it that much. Yeah, yeah fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. That's that's. I know okay I usually lean in at this point, but I'm just like, nah. The light in the lava lamp has been changed out. Yes. For, for those watching the video feed, <laughs> it doesn't exist. Oh no! You just don't know where to find it. Yeah, well, yeah. That's for uh, special, uh, uh, special people. Subscribers only. Yeah, it's for our Patreon subscribers. Right. <laughs> as soon as we get that started, which we're not. Uh, <laughs> we got. Uh, we got next week is is going to be an interesting live episode. We'll talk yes. more about that later. But right now, let's hear let's hear a poster children's song. Oh, let's do. Um, yeah. Why don't we? Uh, how about we listen got? to? I'm trying to think of, of a good. Rose. Oh, how about this town needs a fire? That's yeah, a good, absolutely. Uh, that, that's a good. You can hear here's some of them bass guitars in here. Oh, some of that. Some of that basin. Yep. So mm-hmm. here's here's some of that there basin. This is this town needs a fire. Ah, radio. <laughs>
one song by a poster children that was This Town Needs a Fire. Those are, those are two great poster children tunes featuring the bass stylings of uh, <laughs> <laughs> our guest. Bass stylings. Where did I get that from? Uh, I'm assuming Spinal Tap. Yeah, more than likely. The bass stylings of Rose Marshak. <laughs> this is Derek. He wrote this. <laughs> so, uh, as you pointed out, Josh, uh, poster children also wouldn't know you with, without poster children. That's true. We uh, first, yeah, first got to uh, know each other when the. Hi-Fi was on tour out west and uh, looking to book shows via the Poster Children uh, listserv. Did you did you guys come out west first or did we come out east first? I don't remember. I believe we came out west first. I feel I like... Know, right. It was real close. I it was. That. It was. I feel like we talked about this before, too. We probably have. Yeah. Okay. Well, It'll, hopefully not on the show. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> believe me, I hear about it if we will. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, that was the whole reason that uh, we, we got to be friends and uh, all Aww. these years later. Yay. You know. Here we are, doing a show. That's right. Uh, let's uh, hear a, a song off of the new record. This is uh, Grand Bargain, and uh, when we come back, we'll have uh, Rose Marshak on. Sounds good? Yeah. all
Phone Breakdown. That's a grand bargain by Poster Children. And uh, with us on the phone, we now have none other than, than Rose Marshak. Rose, hello. Can you hear me? Yes. yes, we can. Oh, good. That's great. Wow. That's... <laughs> All right. you, you, Hi. You sound shocked. <laughs> Is that surprising? I know. I am shocked because I have, I have like these weird um, uh, like $20 like wireless head uh, like earbuds in my ears and I'm very surprised that I can that they're working so that's cool are, are they like gamer headphones is that is that what you're wearing right now I don't think any self-respecting no they're like they're like <laughs> douchebag headphones <laughs> <laughs> like because uh, uh, they have those headphones that are like the uh, like do you remember Commander Mark from uh, that P- the PBS show with the drawing I don't know that that yeah Josh is shaking I his do. head yes I do uh, he had one of those like yeah. He had like a helmet. This is how I remember it. This might not match with reality. He had a, he had a helmet that had like one of those uh, you talk into if you're like an air, airplane fighter yeah. pilot guy, and uh, <laughs> and like that was his microphone that he talked to right. in the show while he was like drawing. If right. I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And like, do I have like a little wire sticking in front of my mouth and stuff? Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, that's that's, yeah. that's what I think yeah, the, the audience yeah. had in their mind's eye about uh, <laughs> what, what you have going yeah, on right yeah. now. Yeah. Some good, uh, that would be much cooler. <laughs> so we've definitely checked off the headphone piece of, of the show. So awesome. we, I'm glad we got that okay. out of the way early because uh, that was that was a large part of the material to ask you. Uh, <laughs> Rose, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, great. I, I I was delighted to hear in this uh, episode of Radio Zero that uh, in a very meta way you you were referencing being on the show and and Rick had a great comeback that uh again if i had thought about it i would have written down a reference but it did make me laugh which is really the point of a you know a, a podcast you know is to take you out of your, the mundane aspects of regular life but do you remember what he said it was something it was some no yeah see i don't feel so bad if you don't remember because you're on the show <laughs> i don't i don't ever i don't ever listen to him <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. Should there be a is, should there be a delay between my talking and your talking? Because that's you know sorry to get extra meta, but maybe yeah. I should not be using these douchebag headphones. No, dude. No, I think there's going to be a delay either way. Yeah, that's the, just the phone line. Okay, yeah, all right. Delay. All right, cool. Uh, the I think we were so we were talking about it, uh, and I I believe if Radio Zero is not the first podcast, it's certainly one of the first, right? I mean, because you, you had started it in ninety. I want to say ninety nine. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it was like ninety nine or ninety eight, and I saw in my tour reports where where I started, I was like, "Well, we're going off tour now, um, but we still want to talk to people." And for some reason, we thought we had interesting things to say. I don't know. It must be people must have been like 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 egging us on or something. So like, so we'll just talk to each other on this pot, you know, and, and we'll make we'll make uh, audio files of it, and we'll just stick it up on our website. And I think it was my way of like having tour reports um, when we weren't on tour. Right, right. Because your tour reports, of course, were very uh, conversational. Like I certainly read them uh, with great interest myself, even before I really was touring, just to kind of. And I got aspects of of what it was like being a band on the road, and like the kind of things that you, you know, like it's. There, there's certain illusions that are put forward by lots of mass media about like what being in a band is. <laughs> and the only thing I was able to really find at the time online, being uh, somewhat of a nerd myself, was the Poster Children Tour reports and like Mike Watts stuff. Mm. And I thought it was so interesting. I, I read them all like many times over. And, you know, not the least of which because there's just less stuff to read on the internet, I guess. But like, I mean, <laughs> I really enjoyed them. And I remember it thinking like, oh, this is like a... 
uh, like the uh, the next step past that. Like this is the like them they're having a conversation and I'm listening to it as if it's the radio, but it's on the computer. How weird. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I can't. I'm going back through these things that we did, and I, I can't believe that we came up with them. Um, and they were all. I mean, they really were all inspired because we like talking to people, and we like. I think we, we feel like you know we like teaching and learning. So I think, oh, how can we continue this dialogue? Oh, well, we'll do it this way. And you know, it's, and, and it's really the more when I really think about it, it seems very um, like we're very full of ourselves. <laughs> Well, there's so much to give to other people, you know. Well, so I'm like, I spent all the grunts. No, I was just, I was going to say, I, would, I wouldn't say that at all because I think that you provided a, a, a opportunity, like a platform for a very vibrant community of, of very creative people that outside of their, their fandom for the band itself also were able to share interests. And uh, I mean, it's it's literally how I know my co-hosts. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, that's not a figure. Oh, yeah, speech. that's... <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah, and then like yeah, then I start thinking about that the community that developed around um, whatever was whatever we provided. Or um, yeah, I, I I do remember like the first um, Usenet uh, uh, news groups and like just even listservs and stuff. And I remember you know they'd be all very fan based and oh let's talk about you know Smash Pumpkins oh oh Smash and Pumpkins oh fan based you know all all about fan stuff. And I remember thinking. Well, I don't want, I, I don't, we don't need to hear that kind of shit about us. You know, what would be better would be to hear other people talking about what they care about. Um, you know, they could be fans of the band or whatever, but talk about, please, anything that you learned, anything that you care about, please teach others, or, you know, yeah. and, and maybe we can form this community. So you guys did that, and, and it was beautiful and wonderful. We have Matt uh, DM to thank for, you know, yeah. starting yeah. this. Um, starting, you know, helping us out way back when, you know, because they had access to servers and stuff, and we didn't at that time. Right. Well, and you think about the idea of explaining just even what a listserv is to, be, to, to people now. They're like, wait, what? So it's like an email thread? I hate those long email threads. No, no. It wasn't really like that. Yeah, I mean, it kind of was, I guess, but but it was... it was. Imagine that, not terrible, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because we weren't having, like, constant emails from everybody else, you know? it's it's It was it was so new. It was, it was a completely new landscape, yeah. Right, yeah, it was a whole thing. Cool. Where, yeah, you'd get... Uh, you know, you get three or four other emails and the rest of them, like your whole inbox for the day for a while would be just your communications with your friends uh, through this, through the, through the listserv. And now like the only emails I get are like from like businesses, like here's your eat 24 coupon. Like, great. I know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't want that. I get like a Groupon, like, like every hour I get some kind of Groupon thing. And I think I had to, yeah. Um, Do you guys, have have you ever looked through the P-Kids list archives? Because it's, like a lot of it's archived. This um, episode brought to you by Groupon and E24, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ, and 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 Jesus Christ, and Jesus um, Christ. Yes, our new sponsor. <laughs> we like to welcome our new sponsor, the Christian Lord. Hey. Um, yeah I I looked at so recently yeah the archives recently kind of became uh, well they thought they were unavailable but more readily available yeah I I feel yeah and and I was (laughs) I I guess the thing I can I can take away with it is I was amazed that stuff that existed in my memory as kind of looming larger and being more expansive and and, uh, explaining more how much of it was between the lines not not literally between the lines but just yeah like it's sort of the economy of communication that I suppose you get with something like Twitter, but in a, in a radically different way that whether it's just 
the unreliable narrator aspect of me remembering these things as being bigger than they are or just kind of like having less online stimuli all the time maybe that like it kind of seemed like there was a lot more like left almost to the imagination (laughs) that sounds terrible for a conversation it sounds like i'm imagining things but that's i I guess that's the thing that surprised me the most so are you saying that like you you go back through that stuff and you're like well where is all the you know well i thought there was a lot more than there is here because i i did that kind of i was like you know i but i didn't go through i i think there's a lot of a lot of pages to go through but yeah. you know once in a while you saw like a flame war somebody would come in and say something mean and then everybody attack them <laughs> yeah that was hilarious too and of course everyone is young too oh so, yeah you know, see that tempers run hot that's why i didn't i didn't delve real because it's there's a lot of it and it's intimidating in the first place but i can't even remember what i read that i put in there but i was just like rolled my eyes at my 20 year old self i was like never I'll i right, i know i you were like horrified, and I was like, "No, that's awesome!" <laughs> I, now I feel like looking for it, so yeah. I can quote some of it. And I think, like, I can do that. I, I have like, I have it up here somewhere. I'm like, I've got like vast amounts of bookmarks here, and none of them are organized. But I was surprised by how little I chimed in and how much DJ <laughs> chimed in. Chimed in. <laughs> Those are the two things I was like, "Wow, DJ's all over the place." I had a lot of time back then. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's real busy on this lift serve. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah, he had a lot to say. Um. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating to think about it as a mode of communication, communication now, especially, like, because the idea of, like, these, like, all right, Facebook, like, message groups or whatever, it just all seems like it's purposefully ephemeral and just, like, meant to, to be kind of light and cheese whiz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just after it's just... Yeah, gone. just and there and it's gone for forever. Is it archived? I don't know. <laughs> like, like really, we just don't care about that anymore. And speaking as like you know, granted, I'm gonna say this, and like you know, the the other dude sitting next to me is like an, the archivist of all archivists. But I like to think of myself <laughs> as someone that enjoys archival formats of yeah. the media I enjoy. And I guess I'm just kind of annoyed by the the purposeful, if not dumbing down, just kind of making everything an immediate experience that is just flippant in its, uh, <laughs> in its execution is, is bothersome to me. Is like that being a way that culture is being pushed. Wow. This got really deep. I'm it's, sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to that? What do you, let's, so let's hear a rebuttal. Yeah. On the other side, uh, stuff's cool. And you know, <laughs> Like, <laughs> and, and who cares, Grandpa? Yeah. Uh, well, on the other, but on, on the other side, if we, if we want to go down that road, there's kind of the the experience of living in the now and all that, and that right. uh, you know, which I'm way better at now, yeah. ironically, than I was then. Yet I find myself more drawn to archival forms of uh, entertainment and media than ever. Hmm. Mm, I'm a conundrum. <laughs> so, you know what I want to know. I'm, I'm sitting in my class, right? I'm teaching class. I'm standing in the front. I'm teaching music business, okay? This happens Tuesdays and Thursdays in front of like a bunch of 17 to 21-year-old kids. Mm. And, and lately, and I know, you know, 10 years ago they were on Facebook. They were like, you know, Facebook. And I'd be like, hey, put away your Facebook devices and, and listen to me. And, now, and then I know for a while they were on Snapchat. I've lost it. You know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what they're doing now. But every so often... They'll like be looking at their phone and they'll be laughing really hard. And I don't know what the hell they're laughing at. It's like a you know twenty twenty two kids and they're all very nice and they're always paying attention. But every so you know I don't know if like 
I, do you guys know what that is? What's going like? Is there a picture of me with like a catters or something, and they're like <laughs> laughing at that, or is it like like you know what what's going on? Yeah, it. it kind and then I. Of- so yeah, I was gonna, I was just gonna say that my only experience I found is it, it kind of seems like there's a uh, the young the young folks of today seem to be issuing all forms of actual like web two o type social media and just sort of like text chains like amongst each other and like they just talk ah, to each it's other a text directly, chain, yeah. which yeah which is funny because I mean it's not that that feels like a step back it's just not like necessarily what I expected but then I guess if you think about the fact that okay. It went from being like, hey, here's one or two things that's all collected together to like, hey, there's 50 things to like, I just don't care about any of that. Yeah. I guess I get it. I don't, yeah. I don't even understand if that's a mindset or not. I don't, I don't even know. I'm 40 years old. What do I know? <laughs> you know I, got, I got nothing. Well, you're younger than I am. Um, so I, I, but we, I did find out that they laugh every time I say the word nickelback. They're always laughing because that's my punchline to, you know, I'll have to make an example like, so this. So, um, you know, so say a band gets a show at, at a venue, okay? I say it's, it's Nickelback, okay? And so here's their contract, you know, and also, so Nickelback is always my punchline. And that's got, I'm sure that's gotten old, and I need to know who the new Nickelback is, but they've right. told me so far that there isn't one. That's, you know, and then the previous Nickelback was Barry Manilow. Uh, <laughs> so Barry, so Barry Manilow's going for a door deal at uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so what, but when, when now we've decided that any time I, I say Nickelback, it's like a drinking game, so they have to take a virtual oh, sure. shot. So that's that's kind of cool. <laughs> well, to be uh, fair, to, to the kids' defense, Nickelback is a pretty funny name and ridiculous band that ever has achieved any sort of prominence of any kind, like in the befuddling sort of way. Uh, so I get it. I get it. They're, my kids are on to rap now, so I need to I need to learn more. And when I say my kids, I mean my students. Yeah, right. They're like, they're, you know, so... I don't even know who would be the, the, the nickelback of hip hop. I can't eat. I'd, well, I had somebody, somebody, uh, you know, so now I'm having them bring up like current events and stuff. So one of them brought up like a current event about Lil Pump. Ah, you know who that is? Yes. Yes, I do. There's, yeah, there's, a, whole see, of, there's a whole lot of Lil's now. Like, I feel like. Yeah, Lil this, Lil that, yeah. 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 I, feel, I feel like there might be a rapper called Little This, Little That. I don't know. I mean, there might be a rap team or like a <laughs> play or something. Cooler Grandpa. Hold on. <laughs> I just made a kid play reference. I know where I'm at. It's okay. Right. How do you how do you stay relevant with this stuff? Like, what do you watch? You watch the Grammys? Is that how you found out about Lil Pump? I mean, no, no I listen to um, Titanic <laughs> no, Reversal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is actually a podcast uh, called Who Charted that. Uh, <laughs> As silly as that name is, basically they they go through. That's funny. But they go through. They go through. Like they have a guest on every week, and they go through the charts to basically use that as a tool to interview their guest. And that's where I find out. Oh about wow! So so it's a very literal title. Yes. For the podcast, Who but, but also started. a hilarious play on words at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Game respect game. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll send you a link. This is good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I need to I need to get up on this little pump stuff. So now I've been trying to say little pump. Well, we they played. Uh, they played a little pump song, mm-hmm. and then my my grad assistant, you know, who's like two years older than the other ones, is like like already a, like a grumpy old man. Right. He like makes like sort of country music, and he goes, he goes, does this guy ever have any good music? You know, or is it just all stupid like that? You know, and then some of them were like were laughing; they thought that was funny. <laughs> so now now little pump is the butt of jokes. Wow. Uh-huh. If, if you're naming yourself Little Pump, which feels like a name he definitely gave himself, I'm just going to sure. probably 
postulate that I think you're open yourself up for all kinds of uh, k- kinds of hilarity. You got to be right or uh, bullying. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, what would be funny is if uh, and I, I. To be fair, I, I know next to nothing about Little Pump, and this is certainly the most that's ever been discussed on this show. If I was a long shot, but I, I would love it if Little Pump was a uh, like a, a you know like a very like big buff dude or something like you know just like just the opposite like oh. you know where they call the the, the uh, overweight dude tiny or uh-huh. something along those lines right yeah I don't know if that so right. it turns out that no Little Pump is is a young young man who uh, who got out of his Warner Brothers contract I think because when he signed it, it he was too young so oh, he God. Okay, that's able to get out of the con- that was the, yeah that was the uh, that was the current event and I was like I was like okay guys you know I'm a Gen Xer I don't believe any of this I think you know but that's okay you're millennials so you can believe this um, I'm totally fine with it but here's what like a paranoid like uh, Gen X would say I would say that this is probably some sort of a uh, you know a publicity stunt or something like that so you had to go, go googling and trying to figure out like whether or not, you know, this whole little pump story was real, but it seemed like it, it turned out that it was real, and I didn't really want to break their, their little, gen, or little millennial hearts or anything <laughs> like that. So we left it at, yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say, it almost seems like, yeah, publicity send is right. Like, it's sort of like, oh, the number of, of uh, artists that, Signed in, signed a contract too young and were able to get out of it. Okay, that's Bob Dylan and Little Pump. Much like that list of vice presidents <laughs> that have shot someone in the face and was Dick Cheney and Aaron Burr. You know, like that kind of. Right. There you go. Right. Always got to bring politics into it. Ah, right, absolutely. <laughs> he shot his friend in On the that face. Note. I mean, like you know, and that's probably one of the most charming things about the man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's that, that sounds a little manufactured to my. Uh, to my, I, I guess I don't. Are they jaded? I was, I was gonna say jaded a ears, cynical, but yeah, a maybe a little cynical. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about the man. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> so Conan, let me ask you this: How are you? How are you faring in Milwaukee now? Are you? Are you? Is everything cool? Like you just moved up there, right? This yeah. year. Yeah. So it was it a, been a year? June of uh, 2017. So it's. Uh, I guess now can, it's we can talk about this, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a state okay. secret. All right. Yeah. Go on. Okay, go on. <laughs> so I guess it's a uh, month eight. You know, we're we're yeah. we're deep in it with winter. There's some uh, some serious snow coming, but it's uh, yeah, it's cool. I mean, we've got a lot more space. Um, I, I guess a lot of people tend to have problems with like the kind of stir crazy aspect of when there's like things you can't do outside. But I have so many things that I do. I don't know if I necessarily have that same affliction necessarily. Uh, I actually like shoveling snow. I actually find it kind of therapeutic. <laughs> and then I feel like I'm getting some Ow. exercise as well, which is nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, overall, I, I really dig it. Everyone's generally nice and not just like that Midwest nice, you know, but it's, it's, people have been very welcoming. It's, it's cool. It's different. You know, it's, it's a, it's an adjustment for sure, but we have a studio to do this in. I wouldn't, didn't have that in Oakland. That's yeah. for damn sure. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. for days. I mean, people take this for granted that are, that are Midwest natives, but like basements are, a hot, you know, that's a commodity yeah. that you cannot have in, in the Bay Area. Yeah. Earthquakes. Whereas, yeah, where we all grew up with basements. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, of course. Of course I built out a practice room and a gigantic, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. Cool. For me, it's still a novelty, and I love it. Uh, so you have never lived in the Midwest before this? No, ma'am. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, good. so what's interesting uh, and uh, is that People are constantly baffled by that. So why are you here? Do you have family here? It's like, no. 
Not really. I got a lot of friends that I like aren't close enough to call family, but you know, really, it's you know, cost of living, and you know, just happy to be here. It's something. It's it's something <laughs> different, you know. Just like, happy and to they're be like, here. so why are you like <laughs> just? They, they can't. It's like it does not compute. Thing. There's like a little distrust of just like you must have some sort of ulterior motive. Yeah. So what I generally have said is that like if I just want to get out of the conversation, like oh yeah, we have family here, and I just like then then psh, conversation's over, and I can get, you can move on with my life. That's if I that's someone I don't want to talk to. Uh, <laughs> But people just really, and, and so then the, then the follow up question, you know, which is which is like, oh, you know, cost of living, you know, we basically got priced out of the Bay Area, love it, but uh, you know, couldn't really accomplish what we wanted to accomplish there, and it's just you know, the cost of living here is a lot cheaper. And they're like, oh, and then there, then there's one of two ways a conversation goes, which is, oh, okay, cool, and they totally understand and get it, and then like it turns into a conversation about like everyone's favorite neighborhoods, and then the <laughs> other side of it is, oh God, this place is a hellhole. Why would you do that? It's like, whoa, geez, like, don't have to like bag on your city that much. I mean, like, just just like the the like outsized negative reaction that just comes out of nowhere. So that's that's a that's a minority reaction. I have not seen that action uh, that much, but I, I find it fascinating because people love talking to me about it. And I'm like, I don't really think it's that interesting, but I guess it's true. Most people don't move to the Midwest unless there's like, oh, I'm. You know, taking care of my grandpa or like, you know, like whatever, inherited <laughs> house or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People don't choose to move from the coasts inward, typically, but, I guess. Yeah. But uh, most people don't have bands where the members live everywhere. And it's like, that's you true know, eh, whatever. It's, it's fine. It's, it's, it's I, I guess I'm not, I don't like being the center of attention in that specific way. Yeah. But I understand the curiosity. So for the most part, unless, again, unless I want to get out of the conversation, <laughs> I will answer it earnestly, which is befuddling to people. I mean, it's interesting because we'll have people moving to the university, you know, sometimes uh, uh, people will become professors and they'll move to, to Bloomington, Illinois, you know, and, then, and and we, you know, you worry when you're from the Midwest, you know, when are they going to start talking about how ugly it is? And, oh, we're in my mountains, my mountains are gone, oh, how can you live here, it's so flat, uh, you know, and then you can say, well, I can see the sky, you know, I... Yeah. Yeah. It's it's and then you, know, you can say oh, I can go other places and visit if you want to get out of the conversation, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I used to be I used to be I, I used to like like I remember I was at this this uh, some kind of Buddhist retreat, right? It wasn't a Zen Buddhist retreat; it was a Tibetan monk guy talking in, in Champagne, and he was like visiting with people, and he said that the people in the Midwest, um, he, he paid us a compliment. You know, he said that that there's something extra, like they're they're able to sort of think more expansively or they're, they're like, there's more of a, like, I'm going to use the word Zen, but it wasn't Zen Buddhism because you know, it was Tibetan Buddhism. And, uh, you know, just said sort of, you know, it was a, it was a compliment. I was thinking, well, it's because we can see the sky in all different directions and stuff. And there's not really, we're not like aspiring to climb this next mountain and we're not feeling closed in by the mountains and we're, we're just, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, I, I was trying to figure out why it was, but it was nice. Yeah, nice compliment. Yeah. 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 It's the expanse. So. Yeah, and then and, and it's, <laughs> well, and it's funny that so one <laughs> one one thing I have noted is that almost everybody univ- unless they've literally been there, everyone has the wrong idea about what California is. Everybody. Yeah. Like almost like a hundred percent. Like ninety nine point nine percent of people think that like if you were to make one of those cartoon maps of like, oh, this is what so and so thinks of like this area. 
is and like right. there's comically outsized this comically outsized that they basically think that california is 95 percent hollywood <laughs> like the entire state and then like five percent like san francisco and then maybe a tree or something if that, if that was the map and uh, a uh, a vineyard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and 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 it's like, yeah. Do you realize that like that's it's like two thirds of the west coast of this country and like the seventh largest economy in, in the world. Like, you know that like those things are not even close to anywhere near each other. That's like three states over here and like five on the east coast. <laughs> but of course, I've also found that people have a terrible grasp of geography as well. I'm like, do you- yeah, I know. I was going to say once you drive through California, you understand. You know, from the top to the bottom, you just have, probably have to drive through it once, and you're like, and, and you know, and and need to get to Los Angeles to, just to know how much how much of how much of California is not Los Angeles. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and and I get that not everyone has the same interest in geography. Uh, that, that that I do like I understand that, but it just to be so befuddlingly and bafflingly wrong and so consistently and just have it not matter of like really you just you just don't care, huh? Like that just doesn't right, interest right. you, okay? Yeah, but okay, it's good to hear you say this because what you know my critique of people who live on the coasts are like. Oh, you live in Illinois? I have a friend in Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, know, you know Joe in Iowa? In Iowa? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we hang out all the time. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, wait. No, I didn't mean I, in, I meant Idaho. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I live in Illinois. <laughs> Illinois, fucker. It's totally different than Ohio. It's totally different than... And nobody even knows what Indiana is. Probably for good reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Okay. <laughs> That's on Mars, right? <laughs> yeah. No, and I feel, but I feel like that's uh, maybe, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like I, I've heard that a lot, and I think that's a valid criticism. That has to do with the whole like culturally kind of thing. I mean, Christ on a cracker, like you know, there's people in San Francisco that couldn't point out to you where like p- things outside the Bay Area are. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's it isn't necessarily restricted just uh, to one region. Everyone. And I, I get it, especially with the towards the California thing, that when somebody drives culture as much as like Hollywood does, and things along those lines, it can have yeah. have an outsized impression. But it must in the same way that like if you talk to your average New Yorker, you know they make one of those maps for New Yorker, it'd be the entire U.S. would be like two thirds New York City, you know. And it's yeah. Like, yeah, you can't imagine how little anybody thinks of New York City outside of New York City. Like you, it's 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 not you're not as important necessarily as you think you are New York City. This podcast brought to you by New York City, by the way. New York City Chamber. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. We'd like to welcome the sponsors. <laughs> do you um do you think about other um continents the same, you know, geographically the way you're talking about, you know, you like you're you wanting to wanting to correct people's um ideas of what the US is like. Do you think about other places too like that or is I it do, specifically but I'm, I'm a big old nerd and I like maps. <laughs> so we'll talk nerd. a little bit more about mapping because that's like a that's something I learned about when I went back to, to like you know I, I'm a computer scientist right now. I went to art school for graduate graduate school because uh, I thought art was about making stuff pretty, right. and that's yeah. not what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I learned about I learned this thing about mapping, you know, and 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 mapping is is really really interesting. There's all kinds of art projects that deal with it, knowing where you are, knowing your place, and you know, knowing knowing how far away and what that means. Know, what it means to be in, in a certain place. So, so talk to me more about your thoughts about that because I don't think that's geeky at all. Of course, I might be a geek. Well, but, well, I um, think we're all geeks here, but that's from from my perspective. I th- I think I really 
got a good a better grasp of the U.S. and just the different regions and uh, different types of people when I started touring. And and that's something where, and again, I think I, <laughs> we kind of got in on that right before the chain mall, <laughs> chain store mallization of America really started. Mm. Um, that is, I mean, there's still local color and local flavor everywhere. but there's more than there was for a while. It used to be, yeah, there used to be a lot more. And it was something that, like just driving through different terrains, you know, that on one tour... You know, you could be driving and it's like everyone's wearing shorts because it's hot as hell. And like you're running like the air conditioner. If you have no air conditioner, you have the windows down or whatnot. And then <laughs> on that same two or three weeks later, we're driving through a snowstorm now. You know, like things things along those lines. Three weeks later. That was that's just California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, that's just California. <laughs> uh, and, and for me, it just kind of made me think about. Instead of there just being these arbitrary places that are just, you know, funny names that are on this map of, you know, these brightly colored states and whatnot, it made me think of them as actual places. Yeah. And so then, <laughs> and I guess this is the whole thing about, like, oh, I don't, like, the, like these bigots that, like, don't know anybody that's, you know, uh, <laughs> that's that's gay or that's trans or whatever. And, like, oh, but now that I know one, now it's okay with me because I have personal experience with it. <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. That's a weird analogy, but maybe that's my. No, no, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. You're probably right. You know, familiarity with something makes you, you know, makes you understand it and maybe you know care about it more. Certainly. But yeah. I mean, poster children, even just like you know, going back to your tour diaries, like reading your tour diaries and just seeing like where you guys played, that always got me like so interested in like, oh, that must be so cool. Like, and just seeing the names of the venues that you played, being like. Oh wow, that's a weird sounding venue name. I wonder what that place looks like. You know, and then maybe there was a picture, and it would take you know two minutes to download because it was dial up. <laughs> yeah. But like, <laughs> God, wow. That's, I wish I had heard this before. Yeah, there, I was looking through some of the old tour reports, like when, from when we first went to Europe, and there's a picture of Howie walking into a venue called Free Butt. <laughs> F R E E Butt. There's a Free Butt somewhere in England. You know, or uh, yeah, I think, or somewhere in Great Britain, somewhere. Um, yeah, so the names were really interesting. Do you guys have like a favorite, like I had favorite states that I always want to drive through. Like I like driving through the Southwest. I like to drive through Arizona and I like to drive through like, especially like Southern California, like, like a little bit East, like Southeast California, like India and stuff. Yeah. Um, Inland Empire, like down over to like uh, Death Valley Junction and stuff like that. That's a beautiful area. All that Joshua Tree, um, uh, stuff that's freaking amazing and then yeah like you mentioned that that area of arizona it's like sedona mm. uh yeah you know like the the really pretty area <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that's so cool. what are what are your guys's favorite places to drive through i think montana's both- freaking amazing See, that's what i was going to say too so i just stole your answer sorry that's all right but i just like <laughs> which part of montana particularly i remember so vividly every time we'd be uh, we'd be coming the long, you know, the long way from over here, and we'd be going. You know, we'd we probably play it in like some small town in South Dakota if we were lucky. If we lucky got a show, maybe it took us two days, and we'd crest. There's that part where you crest over the hill, and you see all of Missoula laid out in front of you. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know the exact. That. Yes, I know the exact. Uh, actually, I'm going to be driving that in. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in about seven weeks. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> but uh, I, I always remember. Awesome. That. Yeah, and. Yes, yes, agree, and that that area. So the the western the western part of Montana, western Montana mm. especially, is like just freaking. I mean, I could just drive there. Is like, hey, this is like a Zen experience. Just doing this. This yeah. is this is really wonderful. Uh, I like the um, I like the Ozarks too. I think the Ozarks are super cool. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, although it is kind of like, you know, when you get into the Ozarks, there is that kind of like, you think of like the, the hillbilly stereotypes in all the movies and you're like, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Go <laughs> get out of the van. Yeah, exactly. Like, ah, maybe we can wait for to gas up until the next city. That's fine. <laughs> See a few, uh, few shotgun road signs. It was like, eh. Yeah, it's like, oh, all right. Yeah. But it, is, it is really pretty. And like the yeah. areas that, um, you know, you you go to and it's like, oh, people generally get around by boat around here. Like like it's Venice mm. or something. Like where it's like, oh, these like weird little, uh, I don't even know what they call them. I'm sure there's a word for it, but where <laughs> there's more waterways than there are roads. So people get around to them from their homes to like the local diner by like their yeah. their boat yeah i don't know what you're that's doing. cool yeah we, we've been trying to bike more um you know then we we went through like a whole like i think i was biking till till the the time changed right and then all of a sudden i was biking home like it was dark <laughs> like on the like five miles like on this on this path and i was like oh i can't see anything and i'm not really that good of a biker like good i just kind of neat it, it, you kind of feel like you know, like you're more in control than than when you're you know driving a car. It's kind of cool. Have you guys? Do you guys do that at all? Or? A little bit. When you were talking about boating, you were talking about boating. It made me think about biking. Yeah, I've, you know? I've got a I've got a pretty nice bike. I, I got to say, I don't I don't ride it as much since I since I moved out here. Um, like I would like to like yet. yeah go to like some of the the places that people go to when they bike around here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just yeah. I was, pretty much busy with the unpacking and stuff yeah. for the longest time and then like oh and it's winter all yeah. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Never that's mind. a lot of it <laughs> yeah one, once the weather gets going again i like i kind of slacked off on it too i've got a bike that i you know mainly was just riding for exercise but it's still a good idea and just like try to get the uh, uh endurance up but there are um throughout milwaukee throughout the milwaukee county there's a whole lot of there's the oak leaf trail and there's a lot of different trails you can go you can go pretty much anywhere around so it's it's definitely a a good system to work with i just need to Motivate myself and get back on that when the when the snow finally melts. Well, for, yeah, for us, we're like trying to like take back our, our lives. We're trying to simplify it, I guess. And I, I don't know exactly. I mean, I, that sounds like a stupid, you know, like Ooh, we're trying to simplify our lives. But like we're so no, because I, I don't want to be like I, I have like such a stereotype of a hippie, and I hate hippies because you know, I'm a Generation Xer. Um, but like like today. Like no, like yesterday we got like our special new garbage can from the city, and it's it's like a it's a half size garbage can, so we're like so excited, like so we can pay half as much for garbage pickup oh. or something like that, and then we have a smaller garbage can. So now we're like looking, you know, so we're like, cause, and we've been, we've been, so we go to our local food co-op because, you know, it's locally, you know, you know it's, 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 it's got local food in it and it's owned, you know, we're owners there and so we paid yeah. some exorbitant fee, it was like $200 to, to be members, you know, forever. You never have to pay again, but like you oh. can say you're a member and, uh, and then, you know, you get just like organic, every, you know, a lot of things are organic and pretty much everything in there is healthy for you. Yeah. Like they don't have anything that's not healthy. So and it's really it's kind of small. So you can just go in there and, and, you know, some things are kind of expensive, but, you know, and then you ride your bike there. And so we're like, so now I have like my own, like, like, uh, uh, big tub where I'm putting bulk noodles in and stuff. So I don't even have to like have noodle packages and stuff. And I don't have to like, recycle noodle packages so we're like trying to really make an effort to like not throw shit away 
and even not recycle stuff. Cause, you know, and, and I look like a freak to other people walking in, but some people are like, oh, you brought your own container? Wow, oh, yeah, wow. you got a No way. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Why not? You know, and, yeah. and so, so now we have our smaller garbage can, and we're, like, looking at the neighbors. Like, and the neighbors, our neighbors have got, like, this terrible, like, <laughs> our neighbors have got this giant coin with an Indian on it. Okay, wow. like a Native American. It's oh, a, right. it's a old. What is that called? It's a, it's a the logo, logo. You know, the mascot. Yeah, you know, that was right. taken down for the local high school. You know, and this the guy next door got, you know, got it. He's so proud of it because he went to high school there. So, so they've kind of like, like put up against the tree here. So you know, we're like, oh, we, you know, those assholes. We have like a small garbage can. Even we don't even have a racist Indian coin on our front yard, and we have a tiny garbage can. And I know, like, we're, you know, and I was like, and, and so the way I think of it is, I'm, I'm like, everybody's going to see our little garbage can, and they're going to be like, oh, maybe we should have a little garbage can too. You know, that they're going to feel real like, you know, I'm going to teach. This is a teaching thing that I can do. I can teach people to have a smaller garbage can. You know, and then Rick like looked down the street and like. There was like people like seven or eight um, houses down from us who also work at the university. They're also professors, and they have a small garbage can too. Ah. So we're like, ah, oh, shit, they probably got those before ours. <laughs> are, there, are there any more giant racist coins or still just the one? No, we're like the house across the street from us. You know, we live on a on like a, in a block where people don't really need to mow their lawn too much, and there's big old trees and stuff, and there's... It's like, um, you know, really old houses. So the house across the street just got sold. So we're, like, waiting for, like, the Bruce Ronner. Like, we're waiting for, like, just that big Nazi flag to go up. We have no idea who bought the house. We're like, we're just like, what's going to happen? Uh, but, you know, I can't, I can't even remember. We're like, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. Because it is, a, like, a, a neighborhood where there are some, like, college people, some university folk, but there's also from state farm folk too so so you just never know what you're going to get and Bloomington is a very um it's it's a lot more conservative than than champagne was mm. so so yeah we just we just don't know what's going to happen it's very exciting but we have a fucking small garbage can that people can <laughs> eat shit. the most important thing yes. of all our garbage can is and then we're going to write yeah we're going to this is like yeah this is like in contrast to living in champagne where i think i've said this before like like there was like like all the people in champagne were like paranoid that the recycling wasn't actually being recycled <laughs> Like the recycling truck would come and we'd be like, right. we're so politically correct. We'd be like, where the fuck is that garbage? Can I swear on this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Oh, okay. Right. Where, is that, where is the recycling truck actually going? Are they actually, like, is this real? Are we, you know, is this like all a conspiracy? So we start, like, people started, people, st yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So people started, like, just taking their own recycling to the recycling area. Uh, that is paranoid. We didn't. We didn't, we didn't trust the recycling trucks. So we're, so we're like, one time we're like driving a, a Prius, right, to the, to the recycling thing with all our recycling in it. I think probably I had the local co-ops recycling too, so I was really doing good. And like this guy, and I'm there and I'm unloading all the recycling, and this guy like pulls up in his bike with like a giant, like, and this is really far out of town. He pulls up in his bike with like a big, uh, uh, what is that called? You know, like a wagon behind it. He kind of just looks at me like, you 
asshole. Oh, you fucking man. drove here. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you just blow up the planet now? You know, and I was just like, oh my god, wow. I can't believe I didn't bike here. Yeah, so that, this is very. So we've gone from that to like. Indian racist coin yeah. next door. I was going to say, that's that pretty much sounds like a Portlandia skit to me, but also, like, I, to- I totally understand that, because I've had that same sort of, like, not not to be a dick, but especially here, where coming from, you know, the Bay Area to Milwaukee, when I've been put stuff in the recycling bin, I'm like, what's really happening with this? Because it seems like it gets picked up a lot less than the garbage, and then, like, I don't know. Like, I get to see them being like, eh, screw it, and, and throwing it in with everything else, you know? And, and like, how would I know? How would I know that? And then I was like, I think I'm being a little paranoid about this, but I'm not. No, but once in a while, you hear, like, you you know, you'll hear on NPR, you'll hear, like, somebody from some recycling center somewhere going, yeah, we're going to have to close because this is just, we yeah. just can't maintain yeah. picking up the cans. And then you're like, fuck, what the, what? They can't even recycle cans. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to think about that. Have you guys ever? So, are you guys? More, tell me a story where you were either more politically correct than somebody, or less politically correct than somebody. Oh man, well, I Oof. feel like I feel like my resting state in Berkeley was that I was somehow the token conservative, which is amazing because I'm as progressive <laughs> as can be. But it's being Berkeley, you know, if you're. <laughs> Pretty much anything, any any ridiculous thing where you're ever like, oh, Christ, hippies. Was, like, was, was, it the, was it the cowboy shirt? Yeah, the cowboy shirt? That's, a, that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> you're, uh, you're automatically classified as a libertarian then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, just because I would be like, how about a little critical thinking? Like the fact that when I mentioned, like, hey, the Green Party's all fine and dandy, but maybe don't wage war is not a good foreign policy. Well, what do you mean? Do you like war? No, I'm just saying that if you're already in a war, like, what's the plan? Don't wage war. Well, you're already in a war. Okay. Oh my now God, what? you are a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> so I was constantly having those yeah. conversations, whereas now in Milwaukee, it's like, it's like okay, this is cool <laughs> because I can actually have, like, a real conversation with, with folks that, like, I feel like I don't have to take, like, the, the – uh, because for me, it's a critical thinking thing, right? Like, I come from the fact that I just can't, even if I agree 100% with what you say, if you are just <laughs> kind of, like, safely, like, ranting about something, like, without expecting to be challenged about it and have these, like, soft Velveeta-like opinions about things, then, like, it's it's in my nature to be like, well, all right, I'm not saying I advocate for this, but, like, you're kind of being reductive about this, this, and this. And so the conversations here tend to be just more... I don't know if productive is the right word, but it is a swing state. Uh, yeah. I feel like I'm getting, I get oh, yeah. out of it. So, okay. And I don't. I hope the other people do as, as well. And I just have this like pushy Californian that says dude a lot, like yelling at them. Because <laughs> I'm not yelling at anyone. I mean, on, I'm usually honestly curious. And, you know, it's usually the same sort of the same sort of conversations, but I feel like it's more productive and it puts me in a more comfortable spot to advocate for the things I actually believe in rather than just be trying to advocate for some sort of degree of critical thinking for people who have never gone out of their ivory tower. Yeah. God. So do you get like pleas from people um, back in Oakland, like come back or, you know, how can you be there? Like Um, people like, yeah, keep it up, dude. (laughs) No, no. I mean, Tell there's me. like everyone understands the cost of living thing in there. When 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 I mentioned that, everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, all right." <laughs> like we we get it, we get it. But <laughs> I mean, it's you know, there, there's the, the the reactions have definitely 
run the gamut of oh, why are you going there to like oh that's awesome I'm so I'm so excited that you've done that I'm excited for you I'm excited for the stuff you're doing etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, I it, it mean it's all over the place but it's I mean we didn't do it to like you know for the reaction <laughs> necessarily <laughs> um, but it is interesting that I don't I don't know if I would have felt comfortable moving cross country if I hadn't like come especially here so many times and and toured so many times and just again found out you know to quote the Nonagon record you know people live everywhere <laughs> and, <laughs> and and just and felt like oh okay like there's a definite uh, working class sensibility to Milwaukee that's very much an analog to Oakland and I think that for me it made me more comfortable knowing that there was a strong base of, of friends that I feel close enough to to call chosen family and things along those lines that it was like all right so I understand that you know there's going to be some knucklehead things going on for sure but I can potentially have more impact here uh, doing whatever I do against that rather than just being like cool I'm the eighth most best qualified person to deal with this particular scenario oh, yeah. or, or action which was more the case of the Bay Area where it's I'm the, the vestigial 12th toe not even the 11th toe the 12th, <laughs> the 12th. one <laughs> wow do you do you feel like I mean so did the PRF like have a lot you know can we talk a little bit about prs you guys can, can absolutely tell me, like, at some point we ask you questions because you are the guests on this show but i like i like i like the the, the back and forth and this is conversational thing i can't call this a conversational show if we're not having a conversation sure. so yeah for sure <laughs> the prf of which i would actually say that the poster children uh listserv and, and email group as well as the electrical audio forum were both of the antecedents to what became the prf but that yeah. certainly made it a, you know, a million times easier and that's something where being a group of people that you can you kind of can close the distance with these modern communication tools and be a bigger part of each other's lives in these different ways it, it mm-hmm. kind of eases some of the anxiety that you might have for like for doing something along those lines and just knowing that there's people that will have your back yeah. for like whatever you need hey yeah. we need help you know, unloading this gigantic U-Haul. Yeah, we got you. Yeah. We need some, someone to watch our cats. You know, like <laughs> things yeah. along things along those lines. It's uh, yeah. But I I want to go back and real quick kind of talk. Yeah, about go how, ahead. How I've been both, talking for forever. Right. saying about me. But like both, like yeah, uh, uh, um, how the lister was kind of was 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 yeah, kind of a kind of precedent setting for that for this for the PRF because when it, when it finally when PRF really started to be a thing and like the like the yearly you know Chicago shows would happen and the other like satellite shows would happen, I started to think and that was part of my thinking with the with the listserv was just like the scene is less like it's it's midwestern concentrated but it's really the world and the internet like it's not like right. a city scene it's 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 a particular community that's based off of this you know this sort of internet thing and, and what i how i actually used, how, how i used to describe it uh, sorry rose but how i used to describe <laughs> it was that uh the it was the the this guy or the this girl of every town but every one of those people in the same place yeah. Which is like, oh, that's the person that like who plays in the awesome band, or like throws these great shows or whatever. Just the the person you're most excited to see at these towns, but they're all in the same place. And so you've gone from talking about geographical mapping to uh, you know the um, sort of internet mapping. Like this is a place that exists in the internet. Just wanted to note that. Go on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and it and it sometimes agree and sometimes it exists in the physical space, and that's yeah. where there's these, mm-hmm. you know, these these events that happen where everyone's playing at with and to each other and kind of bringing out their best parts of themselves to kind of the best possible audience for, uh, for that. And it's, 
appreciative in a way that for the people that are in bands that do play other shows and tour and, and do stuff that in kind of be like a recharging sort of aspect. Sure. And then they're entirely wonderful bands that, you know, don't really like play that much outside of like that world anymore. And they don't need to because they get what they want out of it, that give and take, that creative give and take from that community, which is very unique and interesting. It's like kind of like a, you know, purposeful microcosm, but getting such higher returns out of it, whether they're like emotional or creative, uh, that, you know, they don't feel like they need to go out even to the outside world at all. Yeah. And then there's, you know, some some of us are like Johnny Appleseed and we want to go <laughs> we want to go plant the seeds elsewhere and bring more people in. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it's kind of in, Oh, go ahead, Russ. Oh, oh, just in case uh, like I have um like my students listening to this or something or somebody who doesn't know what PRF is. Can I'm going to ask you to talk more about it even. Like are, are, I know I know what the bar- barbecues are and stuff, right? But um like, are there communications not Like, is there a forum that people talk on daily? Like, what does that look like now? Because yeah, so, I, I remember you know, what the Usenet used to look like. But at this point, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of gone past a couple of spots because it really started on the Electrical Audio Forum, right. the board that was on their website, and that's kind of where it really all began. And that's where the idea is for like putting you know the the barbecues and everything together, and then it kind of made its way over to Facebook, and then people started getting sick of Facebook, <laughs> so. It's really just kind of there are enough. I think there's a, enough of a a big enough base that we all kind of know each other that we can communicate with each other. We would just as friends, um, mm-hmm. which makes it a little, probably a little a little insular. But we are very welcoming at the so, same time. So, so. so I would actually say that there, there's two kind of opposing factions, but there's two different factions. One of which is it, it's becoming more insular, and one of which is it's, it's growing more. Yeah, and, the, and there, there's sort of like a give and take with uh, with those two factors that ultimately ends up balancing out because if there's too much uh too much growth too fast then it kind of loses what makes it special but if it becomes like a closed circuit then that also loses what makes it special uh beyond just becoming you know incredibly uh self-referential and closed off yeah so i guess that's a right. very zen concept if you stop and think <laughs> about it <laughs> well no it's a, it's a social network concept i mean yeah. it's total you know I used to teach, uh, um, you know, uh, what is it called? Weak links and, uh, you know, any, you know, social, like, nodes and stuff and, and group theory. And I can't even remember, like, Stan Milgram and stuff like that. I used to teach that in music business. I should probably start doing that again. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, what was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, our first, the poster children's first PRF um, barbecue, we finally were able to play. Yeah, it was Milwaukee uh, last year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were. We, I, we, it was. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was so amazing. I, I just. I. I remember reading. You know, after you guys finish a barbecue and everybody's crying or they're not crying, and somebody else is crying, and there's all these inside jokes, and I'm like, oh my god, these people must have been so touched. And I, it's. I remember, you know, seeing all the posts on Facebook and just being really, really happy for all you guys and, you know, thinking, you know, hopefully one day I'll get to experience that. So, so we did. So have you guys seen our record cover for the new yes. Poster Children yes. record? Yes, we were so thrilled. Can you see the one? Yes, that, we, we that, did. Those, <laughs> that was pretty fantastic. Really excited about that. Yeah, those, those you know, we, we, those are staged. Those bags are there as a shout out to PRS. So awesome. And of course, you're talking about Grand Bargain, which we, we played before uh, we, we had you come on, which is the, uh, the lead, the lead off single. The, of the of the new album, and uh, yeah, it is a great ranty Rick 
<laughs> sort of sort of poster children jam that's got like there's some time signature stuff that's happening that's cool uh it's a good tune I, i'm it's gonna be the first record that god i guess in a, in a while huh like it's uh oh yeah it's like 13 or 14 years or something like that yeah it was yeah. it was tough to write it was it was rough to write all those songs because you know we only have very limited amount of time together right so um, time's, more, time's more it, premium for you now than it was, but it, it kind of, from the outside, it sort of felt like, in a lot of ways, you it was once you kind of got into the swing of it, it was pretty easy to pick back up. Is, is would you say that's accurate? For playing, yeah, but for writing songs, it was it was really hard. It's it, for me, it was really it, it was hard, you know, and and especially like our drummer Matt, he uh, you know he has. He works like full time and stuff, so it was, it was really. I mean, he's got little kids and stuff, so the rest of us kind of have um, more fluid schedules than that. So he he was only able to you know to practice at certain times, and he was like trying to write a, write a new record. So that was that was really that was stressful and rough. So I'm glad that we you know, and it took us a couple of years to write all these songs. But yeah, it's almost like a drill sergeant's in there yelling at you, "Be creative! Be creative right now!" Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, really. <laughs> really really rough so um i'm and I'm, I'm glad that we chose it's, we have all these different songs right and just like every problematic poster children record right there's not like a like a, oh this sounds like this you know we have like slow songs and we have fast songs and we have you know the screaming songs and the wussy songs <laughs> and i always wonder like you know somebody somebody's oh you're poster children oh i'll check you out you know and then they click and they, they type in poster children what the hell song are they going to listen to? And are they going to be like, uh, and now, now I know, like they're going to probably, they're going to hear Grand Bargain and just be horrified. You know, I mean, if it's like, it's one of my classical music colleagues, you know, at, at ISU, like, I'm a professor of music. Okay. Which is amazing and freaking fr- awesome. But like the other professors of music don't play punk rock. They are, you know, they're classical musicians and stuff. So, so anyway, so we have all these different songs and we're like, well, which should be the song that we, you know, that we release first? You know, should it be one of the happier, wussier songs, or should it be like a easy to hear song so it doesn't scare, you know, our fellow people off who've never heard of a band before? Or should we just, you know, should we just state what we mean and yeah. just go with it? And right with the deep end. Yeah, and and we, that's we've decided on option three. So <laughs> well, I'm really happy yeah. about that. Yeah. It's definitely not just a statement of intent, but of intent. But it's definitely considering the times that we live in. I think it's probably the right move because, I mean, there's no sidelines anymore, yeah. right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. It's, you're like you. I hate that everyone like has to be radicalized now, and that's just the world that we live in. But I mean, you can sit there and pretend that's not the case. But uh, you know, it, it's a it's a bold statement, and it's it's a it's a right on one. It's a really good song, which is the important thing. I mean, if it was a crap song, yeah, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> that's that's nice. I I love Rick's lyrics. I just I I can't you know he just constantly astounds me. Um, I I feel like they're they're poetry. So I, I really I really like. Yeah, I'm I I love that song too. And I mean, and it's really fun to play too. Um, oh, I bet. Uh, I kind of feel like me and Matt are like rhythm brother and sister, you know, and so, and he came up with this, he's like, oh, we should do this, you know, we should, like, in the middle of it, we, where we go into six instead of seven, he's like, he's, he, I don't know, he said, he said some kind of drumming terminology that I didn't understand, because, you know, I'm not a drummer or a bass player, like, I can play the violin, right, that's classical <laughs> violin, right, um, 
but he's, he's like, we should do this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, just follow along with me. And then he started playing. And, and when I finally understood what rhythm he was playing, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. And we're all playing together. Um, and, and, you know, we're, and so he's accenting certain um, beats in that middle part. And I'm like, I'm like trying to tell him, like, like mentally, like, don't tell Rick that we're dropping a beat because, you know, he may not agree. Like, maybe he just won't notice, and we're just like, ding, 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 ding. And and I remember, like, Rick was like, wait, what's going on? And we're like, nothing, nothing. It's, 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 we're just playing. It's, it's all the same, you know. It's, yeah, just it's not not a problem. We'll just, you know. And that's like, I'm mad when we get back into the song. And Rick's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, God, I hope he doesn't notice. Like, even when we were recording with Steve, you know, and I'm like, I'm just like, God, please let it, let it just get through, let it get through without him noticing. <laughs> so it's like secret math work, basically. It's like, it's like, he yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. He still doesn't know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, there's probably enough instances of this where, where it's. No, it's seven measures. I thought it was seven measures. No, it's six measures of six. You know, it's sort of like, yeah, mathematically work it out. There's probably, you can probably justify it. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's in seven, but there's, there's just one less. You're just accenting different parts of it, and there's one less measure. Uh-huh, yep, yeah. yep, that's it. And that's, that's for me that, like, definitely makes this, like, a, a, a very common uh, poster children thing for me is that it, the 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 odd time signatures and things like that don't like you don't it, it's always a natural flow like you don't uh, it's not jarring you don't necessarily like uh, pull attention to it just like look look this one this part's in five like no it's just this is just how the song feels and how it goes and like I'm glad to see that that uh, made it into a grand bargain as well I, I once I once saw a band <laughs> that that was a ostensibly a prog band that before one of the songs you're like uh so you may have noticed that all of our songs are in different types. Oh no! <laughs> this one was in five. Four, you know, like what? Like he exists, I, was, I was like, I was like, I have such a massive case of secondhand embarrassment for you, dude. Oh. Like it's like. Was it slow? Kidding. Damn! <laughs> How much of those hoodies? Just kidding. Just kidding. I love Flint. But, but uh, what, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You have what, to. What I like with the Bush Children stuff is like that stuff's all there, but you know you don't have to give a damn about any of that too. Like you, it's like the songs are good, and like it's not necessarily like what it's all about. Like I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'll throw in a Don Caballero album now and again, but <laughs> you know what I mean. It's it's it, it hits in a different place, and I think having that emotional center of. of just being right on the money with uh, these times that we're living in is that's what I I don't know if I would expect it necessarily, but I'm really glad that you guys are doing it, and it's, it makes me really excited to hear the rest of it, which is coming out soon. It's it's coming out like uh, oh yeah, we should probably talk about that we're like an hour into this. <laughs> <laughs> Where the host and the guests are equally uninterested in actually promoting the thing that needs to be promoted. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, um, the the record is coming out on May 18th, um, and I think uh, we're going to have our, our our record stuffing party in like a couple of months. Or, um, the nice. the uh, records will come here, and we will hand stuff them all. Yeah. So that's exciting. Nice. But May 18th is Rick mine and Rick's anniversary. Oh, um, nice! A wedding anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> what a great anniversary to have mm-hmm. a kick-ass record be uh, be released. Are you wait? Are you going to be stuffing them on your anniversary? No, you're going to stuff them before that. Okay, yeah. 
Well, we're stuffing them in the on the Ides of March, I think. I think I just got this get the well, message. The couple that sure stays together that. stays together. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, you guys were talking about um, uh, Don Caballero, and then I started thinking about the Poison Arrows, right? Um, did oh, you guys yeah. see that band? Who they played? Yeah. So they played really with you uh, at the Altamaro's impeachments. Uh, yeah, but on the yeah. day that I didn't go to. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, yeah, they were fantastic. Oh, they were unbelievable. Yeah. So I, so they're going to play here in Bloomington. There's like a new place opening up called the Night Shop, which I guess is a um, minor threat reference or Fugazi oh. song. That's probably Fugazi song oh. reference. Or a friend, a friend is opening up a new club here, so it's very exciting. Nice. Um, okay. So then I got I got an email. So anytime any member of Fugazi wants to play a show in the Midwest, yeah. for some right. reason, they contact me. Yep. They contact me. Like, hey, can you find us a show in the Midwest? And I'm like, okay, first of all, I don't book shows. And second of all, like, why would I want to be in charge of, like, something that could go horribly wrong and then you guys would hate me? Um, but anyway, do you know that Brendan Canty and Joe Lally um, from Fugazi are playing in a band called The Aesthetics or something like that? Do you know about this? I, I do know about that, Rose, because I booked the Milwaukee show because yeah. apparently I'm the Milwaukee <laughs> version of that for- <laughs> So aren't you scared to death of, like, aren't you scared that something's going to go wrong? Like, you know what happened in Champagne once? Some asshole stole one of their monitors. And then, like, any time, Ian, any time I talk to him, he's like, hey, you know where our monitor is? And I'm like, no. Because I live in the same town as somebody who stole the monitor. I don't know where your monitor is. Yeah, well, last time we were in Champagne, somebody fucking stole our monitor. Yeah, I know. And then, like, and then I ran into somebody in Champagne who's like, hey, I know who stole their monitor. Oh, I was man. like, who is it? Yeah. And I, and guy, I don't even remember what the guy answered because I didn't know who it was. And then, moronically, I said that to Ian. I'm like, yeah, I, somebody told me they knew who stole your monitor. And he was like, well, who the fuck was it? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, no. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But so tell me, so how did they contact Were you? Are you scared? Uh, uh, well, it wasn't until you yeah. mentioned that. I oh, mean, no. Well, I, no, I, 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 I thought I'm not going to blame you. No, I mean, no, yeah, real. So, real talk. First of all, Ian never seems to forget anything, which is amazing. Uh, but secondly, like, the only reticence I had is, is we're doing a Cactus Club, which is which is 21 and over. And I immediately was like, oh, no, I, it's not all ages. Like, knew, are they going to be Yeah, pissed? yeah. And then I even yeah. like like texted texted Brendan, a uh, friend of the show and uh, personal friend, I guess, um, and, and was like, "Hey, I was gonna try to do it at the you know this this place, Acme Records, it's all ages. They can't do it that day. You know, it's a cactus. The cactus is really good. You know, they're great people. It's a great it's a great club. You know, I was playing here on tour before I ever even lived here. You know, it's awesome, folks, et cetera. And he's like, "Oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it." I'm like, "Okay, cool." But I had serious anxiety for like a minute about like, "Oh my god, it wasn't all ages." <laughs> oh shit. Probably okay. So that must happen with everybody because that's what I, I was like. Oh wait a minute, the night shop might not be all ages. I better find out. Yeah, and yeah. then it can be all ages. And but those guys like so. All right, so did they get my number from you? Is that, is that how? I, I, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't know. I know. Okay, now because he said, he said, he said, Ian gave me your number. So, um, but so, uh, all right, so that's great. Are, are you going to play with them? Yeah, yeah. There's actually uh, Secret Friends are going to be playing, and then uh, Rally, uh, who I can't remember if they played. Did they played the PRF Milwaukee when the night Poster uh, Children did. 
Did they play it this time? I don't even remember. I want to say maybe, they, maybe they played Cactus. I'm the opposite of Ian McKay. No, they didn't play Cactus. <laughs> I don't remember um, anything. They played it. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember anything either. Yeah. Well, Rally is is awesome. Uh, Michael, who plays in If I Had a High Five with Josh, uh, plays in that band, and and, and they're really good. Kind of like savvy, fav, very very bouncy, um, good stuff. Mm. They they haven't and actually he just fucking recorded them. I actually, did. What? Yeah, I I recorded their first album and it's in process right now. So it's uh, and it's one of those things where and we're getting way deeper into this than I expected to. But <laughs> like I, I asked Brenda, like, so who do, you know who do you want to who do you want to play? It's like, well, you know, you, you guys can play, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, who else? There's like a bunch of bands. Who would you like to have? It's like, oh, just pick someone good. And I'm like, oh Christ. No. <laughs> so, I'm sitting, so I'm going through my list of like all the bands that I think are awesome. I'm like, oh God, like that that'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. Oh, they'd all be great. And I'm like, oh man. And then if I don't put anything, then every band is gonna be like, hey, we want to be on the bill, you know, and. <laughs> So I was just like, was I was actually stressing about this. This is the other thing I stressed about. And then eventually I was like, you know what? Rally's a great band. They don't have a record out. So people wouldn't necessarily think of them. But I thought that they would complement the bill well. And I thought it would just like, I was like, I would like to see that show. That, that is how I how I did it. And uh, like, That's great. So I, I was, don't, well, it hasn't happened yet. We'll see. But <laughs> <laughs> Theoretically, it's fantastic. Theoretically, yeah, it's it's wonderful, but I, I didn't, and it was hilarious because okay, this I, I guess we'll just go full bore on this. The whole <laughs> the whole reason this came out is like I was talking with Brendan about how stoked I am. They're doing some shows with Motherfucker uh, in the South. They're doing three shows with them, um, which uh, so Erica from Motherfucker plays in, in Secret Friends sometimes. Also next week's guests. And, and next week's guests, yeah, hey. they're actually going to be in town. <laughs> And they're and they're a great band. I was just like, oh, I'm so glad you're playing with Motherfucker. They're one of my favorite bands. You're gonna love them, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, like, this is all kind of went from there. Is like, and then there was this a conversation about like, you know, he's asking like, oh, how do you like Milwaukee? You know, it's great, blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. And then like, I was like, and then that's how I just randomly hey. ended up like booking the show because I was like, oh yeah, you have to let me know next time. I'm like, oh yeah, actually we're looking, you know, we're looking for a show the day after Chicago. I'm like, oh, it's like, do you think you could book it? I'm like, yeah, I probably could. I mean that. Don't think that's gonna be a problem, <laughs> and it just Ow. and it literally was just me like sending him just a random text message. Hey, you're really gonna like motherfucker. They're a great band. That that's it. That's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it all cool. yeah. It all built from that. Much as we somehow got on this topic with you asking something, I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> just talking about shows. Just talking about shows. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. The new venue. Oh, but I actually I want to bring that around real quick, Rose, because this will interest you. I think in ter- talking about the PRF and kind of how the community is built again. Speaking of motherfucker, uh, they were just they were just a band from Athens that uh, Patrick, uh, oh, of course, yeah, uh, Patrick Ferguson, the drummer from Five Eight, who had been to a, you know been to a bunch of PRF shows and was part of the whole thing. He just basically told them, "You guys have to go play this thing in Chicago." Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, and then they and they played it, and people were like, "Oh my god, we love every band! Like this is super cool!" Yeah. And they just like blew everybody away. I was like, us. "Who the hell?" Like. I honestly, I was in the in the that the room was so packed the first time I saw them that I didn't actually see them. Yeah, I didn't either. because there was too many people in the way. I heard yeah. them and it was wonderful, yeah. and I could see sticks and the tops of heads. Yeah. But like, it, yeah, it was. It's they're a hell of a band, and yeah. so that's that's a good example of their being. But to go for, to go from that recommendation to Strout in your band, right? To like exactly yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a step yeah, up or not. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. So it's just another example of the PRF, like bands like Rutabaga and Minutes and, and Motherfucker, just kind of finding their natural audience, but being this this uh, not like a specific scene or place, 
but being this thing that not would not have come together if not for the internet. Like this, this collection of people that are, yeah, like I said, the that guy or that girl of that place. Yeah. All in one place, even when they're not in one place. <laughs> so, do you ever find that, like, I've, I've had, like, people bring, like, bring music to me, like, oh, you should hear this, you know, like, or see this. And, and then I feel like, well, I have, to, are these guys assholes? I need to know, like, oh, yeah. before I listen to this. Do you, do you feel like the, you know, like, you can't be, impartial to the way music sounds unless you know if the people are assholes or not i, I feel like that's detrimental to, I, wor- I worry about know. it i don't i wouldn't say that it's necessarily 100 yeah. percent like cannot listen to it no matter what but i it's something that just yeah it's it factors in now i mean a, a, a mutual friend of ours came up with what what i call what he calls the james brown test which is like you have to be so good at uh, being an artist and like so good at what you do that like I'm willing to overlook the fact that maybe you're like not a good human being. <laughs> so that's the James Brown test. Like you have to be like as like or like Marky Smith, right? Okay, with well, Marky Smith. Yeah. Like the Marky Smith, terrible human being, as it turns out, but really great artist. So like we can we can asterisk <laughs> it a little bit, but it's like you have to be as good as that. Like you can't be like uh, what some one of those bands with Beach in the name. One of those guys is a dick and did some <laughs> yeah. dicky stuff. I don't yeah. care about that. <laughs> It's just yeah, you can just it's it's one more band you don't have to listen to. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> says the atheist. The underground is overcrowded. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> so were you when you first when Poster Children played their first PRF, were you amazed by the amount of uh, as a Travis Bean player yourself, were you amazed at the amount of aluminum necks that were that were around? I figured I was going to see a lot of them, so it was neat. It was it was neat that there there were plenty around, and I mean, I got I, I must have gotten one of them or two of them maybe in Milwaukee. Oh yeah, right? oh yeah, the Rock House. Uh, the Rock House, yeah, yeah. So I I maybe maybe I got them. I don't know. Yes, I I didn't. I it was just nice, you know. I think so often. We play a show and there will be like a bunch of high watts on the stage. You know, oh, okay, I'm among friends. You know, like right. you know, you get like you, know, you show up and there's marshals and you're like, oh, okay, you know, like that's that's like a whole another. Sometimes you know, it's like a different different uh, mindset. You know, it's okay, but like you know, it's it's like when you see high watts, you know, somebody's worked extra hard to be hit. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or orange, you know, it's the orange. Yeah. And that was back in the day. Now I don't know what people play now. There's, there's. Well, I suppose you know my. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, so I've, I've got, yeah, I've got a Varellin custom head. That's uh, one part of it is an orange or one twenty, and then the second amp is a Fender Basement six, uh, sixty-eight Basement, and I run them both. So, I mean, if I see a, if I see someone with a Varellin amp, like I know it's, there's going to be, go. yeah, this is going to be something probably worth listening to. Yeah, or like Emperor cabinets for a while, yeah. thing. And- yeah, it, 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 it yeah. seems like it changes more quickly now, just because there are so many like everybody's good makers. Yeah, everybody's kind of making stuff now, like pedals. There's a million guitar oh, pedals now. <laughs> like that's out of control. Uh, you know, and so it's so it's interesting that because I mean, you because have you, did you play the Travis Bean the entire time for, in Poster Children or like when did when did you get that guitar? At? Uh, I, oh God, Rick probably would remember that. I, I, like, I, yeah, I can't remember anything at all. I had the first, the first bass I had was a, a G3, like a Gibson G3. So okay. I think the same bass that, um, uh, was played in Naked Ray Gun, right? And I didn't buy it because of that. I was, I loved this bass. I, it was the first bass I ever bought in my life. 
and I like went to the local, you know, north suburb, north suburban like tiny music store, um, and they had like two bases there. And I remember, you know, oh, I'm going to buy a base, uh, and they're like, well, here's the two bases, and one of them was pointy, and the other one was a G Street. And I remember playing them. One of them was like 175 dollars, and the other one was 225 or something like that. And I remember calling my dad, who's a jazz. Um, jazz trumpet player and dentist. I remember calling him at his dental office and saying, "Hey, Dad, I'm going to buy a bass, but I don't know which one to which one to buy. Should I get the more expensive one that's round or the, the less expensive one that's pointy? Because you know it's my first bass, so maybe I shouldn't pay so much." And he was like, "Well, play through them both and see." So somebody had to show me how to plug it in and you know into the, the PV 60 watt amp. Yeah. And I, we plugged it in, and I listened to both of them, and the G3 sounded way better, so that was the one I bought. Nice. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the best-sounding bass ever, and I'm really mad that I destroyed it. And, and I destroyed it, like, right before we went, we went to record Tool of the Man because we were all flipping out, right? You know, we were going crazy. So I destroyed it in this practice space that I think in Chicago that, like, I think Jesus was there, used to practice there, and, like, I'm trying to remember what other what other bands practiced there, but I, I it was during a practice. It wasn't even during a show. Oh, man. Like, both, <laughs> That's a both, both Rick and I, we, you know, we said, "Oh, I'm really mad at, at you. I'm going to destroy something of my own." <laughs> you know, it's kind of sucks. I'm going to destroy something that's mine that I love. Boom, and totally cracked it to pieces. And I don't remember what I played for that. I must have I must have had other bases at that time. Um, but uh, the Travis Beans, I know I had two of them, and I've sold one, but both of them I broke in half, you know. Do you, wow. you guys know about that? Yeah, Have yeah. you ever broke your Travis Bean in half? Yeah, because they're, they're like where the um, wood meets the um, oh, right, right. The okay. things are. Yeah, this, this you is know, if you If you hit it, you know, a couple of times, <laughs> if you... If you Pound on it, which maybe I was once to do <laughs> once in a while on the stage. Like, I remember, like, I remember one of them was in Gainesville, and I was like, just, you know, pounding on the bass because, you know, life was, was getting intense on the stage. And, you know, I thought, oh, music's intense. I'll pound on the bass and get my aggression out. And then I remember, like, oh, the bass is cutting out now. I can't hear it. Um, so I looked behind me to see if the amp was on fire because sometimes when the amp would go on fire, then... Um, you couldn't hear the bass anymore. Was, something had to be done. Like the fire had to be put out. Yeah. It works better when you put out the fire. Um, I think we found. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so there was no, there was no fire. So I was like, oh, okay. And so then I went to just turn it up, you know, because oh, I can't hear the bass. I'll turn it up um, in the middle of the song. Where obviously it's been all the way up the whole time, right? But, <laughs> so and then when my my finger went to go for the, you know, my right hand. My finger went to just turn up the knob, but my finger hit my thigh because <laughs> the bottom of the bass was hanging from the electronics, oh, right? Man. You know, from the little, little, little wires there. So there was just this cap. And so, of course, I like looked up at the audience in Gainesville at this, you know, at this college. I think it was at college, and I like just started crying. <laughs> I was like, ah! I broke my face. Were people just looking like dumbfounded when that happened? Where I mean, I can't. Yeah, I, I don't know what. Yeah, I, I must have been pretty, I never even thought about what people were thinking. I was just yeah, like, oh. Yeah, it's pretty traumatic, I guess, so. yeah. Surprising. Yeah. Um, and then, then we just duct taped it up and it sounded the exact same the next day. It was yeah. fine. That's how you know you have a bad taste. 
it's uh, um, my my like thirteen year old friend who's friends with you on Facebook, Conan, just said like in, insulted my base, said something <laughs> about it being a bad base. He has no no clue. Well, he's just sitting here like playing some kind of stupid video game. What what game are you playing? I'm photoshopping something. He's oh he's photoshopping something. <laughs> Fantastic. They're laughing about that. What are you? Are you photoshopping somebody's head on something okay. else? Is yeah. it a meme? So, <laughs> you know those yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to ask. Can you hear him? Do you want him on this? Okay, talk. Oh, oh there's a picture. I'm just going to. I see a picture of Donald Trump. Oh. Um, Photoshop is open. My child is laughing, and I don't know what, it's like his hair is all over his face. This is a good Photoshop work here. He's laughing at his own work. All right. It's good. I don't know what he said. It looks like a beak. Yeah. Okay, it's not a beak. Stay tuned. Yeah, he wants us to come back in a few minutes. All right. Okay, all right. We'll, 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 check back we'll get the play-by-play. Yeah. We'll check back in later in the show. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's well, got to be interesting. You, you, got a, uh, you got a child that's like, making creative work some of which are very funny the Graham the Stickman stuff is pretty good I gotta say like if I didn't even if I just saw it randomly on the internet I'd be like oh this is a cool little thing on the internet that I found that's funny and like I'm apropos of nothing <laughs> I mean that's yeah <laughs> I'm not shocked some of it's really from, funny from two very creative <laughs> parents but like it's uh <laughs> how, how is that is that kind of a trip sometimes or what yeah, sort of. Um, yeah, it's it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we're very we're very proud of our child, right, Rick? I don't know if you can hear me, um, but uh, but well, you can't steer. It's like steering like a, a boat that you can't really steer. It's like sometimes the steering wheel works, and then other times it's like, oh, this is not the steering wheel that works. Like, why is the boat going that way? Right. You know, why is the boat getting F? You know. Yeah. Like, why is the boat getting asked from that? He's saying, fuck off to me. But, you know, it's just like, oh, well, you know, yeah, you never you never know what's going on. Kids, don't have sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you feel like you're, you're giving birth to, like, a, to some sort of apparatus that I can control. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steer it in the right direction and stuff. And, yeah, you, you can't, you don't always have control over it. So, it's... I'm glad I'm old when I had the kids because, you know, I, I don't know what I'd do if I was young and, like, I'm still trying to steer my own boat, as it were. Right, right, yeah. Well, and so what's interesting to me, too, is uh, you, you and Rick, of course, uh, have, been, have been married for a long time, and you, and you were dating for a long time, and you've been in a band together the entire time. And that's, that's I think that's relatively atypical. Uh, and I guess there's no real way to contextualize that outside of, you know, being being in the relationship. But is that something where, you know, let, let's put it this way: like when you had Salary Man going, you were doing that too. You got Radio Zero as well. You're like raising raising the kids. Is it? <laughs> I mean, do you ever just get sick of each other? Like, what's the? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Rick is really tolerant. I don't know what the hell is the matter with him. And he's like insanely tolerant. He's really, really. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's amazing. It's, it's amazing how much he puts up with for me. <laughs> but yeah, I know you guys are right. We we started, um, I, like, I was in a band with him before I was going out with him. I was going out with somebody else, and then, you know, I remember, like, I, I always tell this story. Like, I saw him 
in the doorman next door <laughs> the doorman that, that my boyfriend was in there. I was like, oh, well, there's something I'll never be able to have, you know, because he looked very cool and everything like that. And I was total geek, and, you know, I don't know what ended up happening. They, they, he was in a band, and they they uh, they needed a bass player, and, you know, I, I said I'd play bass, and he didn't want, you know, you guys have, everybody's heard this story, right? I said I'd play bass, and he said, well, she, everybody else wanted me to be in the band, but except for him, because he didn't, he didn't, you know, because I'd never played bass. <laughs> so I was like, well, I don't, you know, it's easy. It's just four strings. It's the same as a violin. Um, but yeah, yeah, we've been together and then we work together. Like, at, you know, we program computers together. We work at the flight simulator factory. We have these children. Um, yeah, and, and, and yeah, I remember, like, I picked up the, um, the Kim Gordon book, you know, the Kim Gordon memoir book, and I was like, I like, I forgot that like they weren't together. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like heartbroken, you know. And then yeah, it's a, lot of, a lot of people have have broken up, I guess. Right? So you know? so on that on that same tip, and kind of referencing back to something you asked earlier, like I ever I had a really tar- hard time listening to Sonic Youth for a while, uh, just because every time I listened to him, I would just be like, ah, fucking Thurston, God damn it. Like, like, it would just annoy me. Like, and I couldn't enjoy the music like I used to. And I, th- I think I can listen to them now. I don't I don't recreationally put on Sonic Youth that much these days, I guess. But, yeah, like, I had a really, I just had a rough time doing it. I couldn't do it. It would, it would annoy me. I would be like, ah, nope, off. And yeah, I don't think I've listened, I haven't listened to that in a long time. Right, right, because that's part of the, part of the band was, you know, it was Thurston and Kim were together and they were singing about love, you know, maybe they were singing about heroin or politics or whatever, but they were still, they were in love, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I, I haven't listened to that for a while. I think I might, I, I don't think I'd have a problem listening to it. I, I tend to like, if I'm going to listen to old stuff, I like listen to The Clash all the time because, because we're at war, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to prepare. Yeah. When I listen to the Minutemen, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I went back Always to the first, good. The first uh, to Paranoid time a lot fairly recently. Yeah. Oh man, it's, it sucks out. I have all these is. things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have all these things going through my mind about different bands who were, you know, where two of them were going out, and and I I I like want to talk about them, and I know that I can't. <laughs> I know it's not my place to talk about. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it was that one band that somebody was going out with somebody, and then they started going out with somebody else. Like you know, while we were staying there and oh. like at their house oh, and wow. stuff. And I okay. feel like, oh, I can't talk about that. Yeah, and you gotta be real careful. I remember, that. Yeah. No, yeah, but it, it's yeah, love is a fucked up thing, and I I can see like. My uh, my kid, you know, like my my fourteen year old kid who's photoshopping a, a Donald Trump, you know, something on Donald Trump's face right now has a has a phone, and I, I know that there's texting going on, and I don't know, like at some point it could be could be a girl texting him, or like you know, it could be happiness, and it could be sadness, and like that's coming up pretty soon, you know, for for him, and you know, for our kids, and like I just know like the the power of of you know, power love. You know, it's like yeah. Can be, Next can thing be you know, he, he may be the uh, the dissenting opinion for uh, letting a girl into a band, and uh, you know, it's after the races for him. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> well, that's not that's not you know, like I yeah, of course, but but like just think of like you know you, you know you step on a tack or something, you're like ow that hurt, you know, or you 
you fall on the ice or something, you're like, oh, that hurt, but like somebody that you maybe care about can say something shitty to you, and that, there's nothing like that kind of pain, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think maybe when you're when you're little, at least when you're younger. Maybe when you get older, you're like, "Oh fuck you," you know. But <laughs> I think when you're most most for most of my life, you know, I think that, or especially when I was younger, that's like that's an insane amount of pain yeah. and and happiness that love can can give you, or that, that just that that how you know just how somebody can make you feel. So that's why even like you know phones and, and uh, uh, these, these ways that we can communicate really quickly. You know, you guys were talking about this before, like, like um, uh, uh, um, uh, I can't remember the word now. I've, I've lost my train of thought, but um, um, the word for when something can go away really fast, right? You can know, send a message and it just, what's that word? Uh, ephemeral. Ephemeral, yeah. Yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah th- these messages can be so ephemeral, and you can, you can, you know, hit people so quickly and with, with them, and it's, it's, I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's really scary what these poor kids have at their hands right now at their disposal, like how, how quick, he, he wants me to look at the, the Donald Trump thing now, but I'm in the middle of a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bobo right. chiming in the I, chat box saying the power of love is a curious thing. Oh, I've heard about that. Makes one man weep, another man <laughs> sing. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, please don't play that. I won't be able to No, no, no there's, there's no chance. <laughs> so, so, I think it's anyway. Milwaukee that just means the Packers scored. Oh, is that something yeah. that they play when that happens? Okay. In, certain, in certain bars. Okay. <laughs> I, was not, I don't have all my social cues yeah, that's necessarily. All right. I'm, still, I'm still collecting those. I'm like, wait, what's happening? Is there a dance? I really hope there's no dancing. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, no, no, good. No, no, no. no not, too drunk. Too drunk to dance. <laughs> so one thing I found interesting with Poster Children and, uh, the, you know, again, talking about you guys working together and, be, and programming and whatnot, the, the, and it's, again, a weird thing to think about now, but Poster Children had the first enhanced CDs that I could think of, meaning like the CDs with like the the additional content, like the games yeah. and stuff that that yeah. uh, that were a part of it. And, and for those that are not aware of these times, they were these. First of all, there were these things called CDs. <laughs> Secondly, right. some of them you could put into the computer and it would uh, play additional content. There was videos. There was uh, there's video games. There was there was things that that kind of were a better part of the. Um, of the poster children experience they were like related to the albums but you guys made those yourself like you programmed yeah. those and that's yeah and and a lot of times people will talk about diy and then you know, yeah. diy can mean different things to different people but i love the like i actually found it rather inspiring that not only were you doing all these other aspects of you know the music making and, and, and whatnot uh but you actually were like literally programming your own CD, CD yeah. ROMs, right? Is what they were called. Yeah, they have CD ROMs. Yeah, uh, they were. Yeah, they were called enhanced CDs. Oh, um, that's right. So that's that's a different format, and they were like orange book format. I think I can't remember. Yeah, we had to figure out all that stuff. Um, they, when we were on we were on fire, uh, I remember um, uh, Holly Klein, I think, um, saying to us, or Joe McCune, one of whoever. Whoever was in charge of us at the time saying, hey, you know, people are making these enhanced CDs now. Do you want to do that? And I remember, this is my side of the story. I remember going, yeah, we should do that. And then and thinking that they were going to 
they're going to assign somebody to program that for us. And then they said, like, um, well, you guys are programmers, right? So you know how to do that, right? <laughs> you say that to a computer, but what am I going to say? No. Yeah, of course. Of course. I, yeah, we know how to do that. Of course. It's like someone um, calling Martin maybe. fly chicken, you know, in, in the. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I remember just saying, hey, can we go talk to the people who know about this stuff in your department and just find out what software they use? Because they're probably. <laughs> We're guessing that they're not coding it, you know, in Pascal or C++ or anything. So they were using something called Macromedia Director, right. you know, which is dead now. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember that. Right. But yeah, but, it's... <laughs> right, yeah. And, and so, yeah, we, I, I'm, I think either we bought that or they gave us a copy of that. And we used our advances to buy computers and stuff and and we just learned how, and that was like much easier. Programming in that was way easier than like programming site simulators in assembler language, which is what I had been doing before. So, so it was, it's neat. It was like a spreadsheet program and there was like a stage in the program and that's yeah. where you could, you know, you can import different, um, different assets and, you know, you can have them playing. You can, you can just program what you wanted them to do and there were like little interactive buttons and stuff and, that you can, but, but you had a lot of control over the programming. It wasn't like, I hated Flash. I always hated Flash because it was more for people who didn't know how to code. Ah. Um, this was for people who knew how to code. And then I remember, I remember Rick saying, oh, we can't, you know, we can't make it real ordinary um, you can't, you know, it's got to be totally different than other people's. It can't just be like a frame, you know, where you like have four buttons, click here to contact, click here for about, you know, right. it's got to be something better than that. And I was like, well, how are we going to make something better than that? And then we were talking, talking, and talking about it. And my whole take on it was like, we bought the residence CD. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's the other one. Remember the that? Yeah. They, they had an actual CD-ROM, um, yeah. and uh, and that was really. And then Lori Anderson, I think, probably had like maybe had something too, or maybe I think. Um, but that stuff, like the problem with that stuff was, you could look at it once, and then it was it was like, okay, well, I looked at all this, so who cares? Now I'm done. Yeah. You know, it was very finite, small amount of content because most of them weren't doing it themselves. So our big thing was we wanted to have we wanted to have it so that. You, you couldn't visit it all in one sitting. Yeah. So I remember, like, um, I don't remember where we, when we decided to use QuickTime VR, but you could you could make 3D models using Strata Studio Pro. This is like oh, wow. so old, right? In 1994 <laughs> or something like that. You could use you could make 3D models. So I remember going to the library and getting. And I didn't know any. I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't, hadn't gone to grad school yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I went to the library to get like some architecture books out, and I like started looking for buildings that I liked. And I saw there was this building called the Lichen Building, I think. Um, now I should look up. I you know I don't remember any of this, and I wish I had written it all down. I'm looking up to see if uh, I can look it up. The internet is not happening on my computer right now, but I'm pretty sure it was a Lichen Building. Um, and these are the Sullivan, either a Louis Sullivan building or it was a um, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright building. I can't okay. can't remember. What an idiot! Somebody can look it up. Um, <laughs> but uh, I modeled the so I, I modeled that um, using uh, using Strata Studio Pro, and then you could stick like a camera inside of it, you know, virtual camera, and then you could 
you could um, take a QuickTime VR picture in there. So you would know, take a 360-degree picture. This is back in 1995 right. or whatever, right? Yeah. And then... Frank Lloyd Wright, um, away, the Larkin Administration Building. Was right. it? Okay, thank you. Where was it? Because I'm scared it was in Milwaukee, was it? Um, Where was it? Let's see. Blah blah blah. Uh, it's built for the Larkin Soap Company of Buffalo, New York. Oh, right. Okay, upstate New York. Um, all right. Cool. But so that yeah. So I'm, yeah, I modeled that, and then I did QuickTime VR, and then I wanted to incorporate like real um, pictures, um, you know, of real life in there too. So, so that was always exciting. Was to try to figure out how to composite um, like three uh, D. Um, generated like computer graphics with um, with real life stuff, right? And then you know just just and that was the navigational metaphor. It was just QuickTime VRing and walking through this uh, this building, and then we had like a couple of different floors, and you could you can click on the different doors, and there would be different things. And I and I know we pro- one of the things that we had was like how to make your own website. Yeah. And uh, Rick wanted yeah Rick wanted to have a maze like some kind of maze game where you would like be zooming down the path and you'd have to decide quickly which way to turn. Um, I remember thinking, how the hell are we going to make that? So, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we made all that stuff. It's, you know, the next, the next uh, CD also, um, RTFM, I think, has a, I wanted to make a touring simulator. Yeah, yep. Um, I remember and I remember, like, right at the, at the last minute, like, like I think, I, you know, it was, you know, you're testing something and you don't want to play the whole fucking game, right? So you, like, you change it, so, you know, you change your code a little bit so you don't have to play the game. You know, I don't, I don't remember what I did, but, you know, you put some debugging stuff in so you don't have to go through the whole game. And I'm worried, I'm worried that um, I left that in there. <laughs> well, I think I, I think I have the CD actually over in that box across the room from the studio from us. I, I could try to find it and then show you right now, but probably not while you're on the show. No, man. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even know if it would run. Oh, man, that's a good point. Yeah. Probably would. I don't even oh, know if right, it would run. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the requirements are listed on there. <laughs> Oh my God, I remember being really afraid of the of, of listing the Windows requirements because I didn't know anything about Windows at all. So you know, Flash, if I if I could, um, I'll talk a little bit about what we were doing um, in the arts tech program. You know, where where I'm a professor and Rick is a professor here um, in Bloomington um, at, at Illinois State University, not to be confused with U of I, where we went to school. Um, but we're, um, we're, so we were doing the same thing. We had like this $300 Ricoh Theta camera, um, which is like the size of like half of a cigarette package. Okay, I've been saying cigarettes a lot lately. I don't smoke. Um, but it's that small, right? Yeah. It's like $350, and then you can like press, you know, record, and it'll record 360 degrees. It'll record like I've taken pictures with it and put them on, on, on our website. And stuff. But you can take movies, too. And so what was interesting to us to do was not only to just take movies of real life, but then to stick it in After Effects and, like, you know, put all kinds of crazy, like, cartoons and stuff in, yeah, yeah. in the real life thing. Yeah, so Almost that's, like a, you know, was really that, neat. Uh, Waking Life? Was that the uh, movie? The, oh, like the rotoscoped? Yeah, the rotoscoped. Kind oh, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is actual, like, like cartoon or comic juxtaposed onto, sure. um, 
and onto real life. So you could, you'd see both. But yeah, waking life was, um, you know, just like taken taken from real life and then converted to a cartoon, right, or comic or whatever. I, I know there's a difference too, but <laughs> somebody's gonna gonna complain. Oh. I'm the one that'll hear about it on this show. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, actually, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) But anyway, so, you know, what's interesting about all that is you kind of feel like you're breaking into, you're like hacking a a format, you know, that's, that you're not supposed to be breaking into. So, you know, back a long time ago when we were making these um, first, enhanced CDs, I remember we tried to, you know, remember what a fax machine is? You know, we wanted to, we wanted to record the song of like, you know, printing, you, you know, if a fax machine printed out, it would be getting tones that would tell it what to print, right? Yeah, we, right. we assumed. So we wanted to um, make a picture that we could play, that, you know, the, the sonification of a picture that we could play through a fax machine and then have that print out so, you know, you could make a you know, fuck you, Trump, or something like that, except then was back, you know, in the 1980s, right, or 1990s, so it would have been, fuck you, Bush, you know, or something yeah. like that. Um, so, um, and we tried so hard to do that. Um, we tried to mess with, like, breaking into the system, right? Like, like you know, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to get in there. Right. And, you know, yet we tried to. So that's, that's all interesting stuff to me. I think when I talk about that stuff in front of students who are, you know, you know, millennials now, um, they get scared. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> well, right. Just, just well, make them read, read uh, lipstick traces, and they'll, they'll figure it out. Well, and, and that's uh, you know, I think that's coming from like, like the punk rock mindset. That's a very big book. That's a very long book, but yeah, you're right. It was a great thing to do. You got me to read. Make it. them read lipstick traces. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh man! But I mean, the punk rock mindset <laughs> is sort of like let's take this apart and figure out how it works, and yeah. uh, you know, let's just let's just see if we can do this ourselves. And that's I, I always found that very inspiring personally, and it, and that's yeah, something like, that like the old story of minor threat, threat uh, minor threat figuring out how to do the seven inch covers by taking yeah. one apart. Right, <laughs> exactly. We're reversing oh, the seven inch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how did you guys become punk rockers? You first, Conan. Then you, Jeff. <laughs> you're definitely a professor, by the way. Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're very good at that. Because I'm immediately like, oh, no, i got to think of an answer right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll so, take it as a compliment. Yeah, it, it, it is attended as such as well. Uh, for <laughs> me, I really wasn't that into music. Like, I had rocker parents that listened to, like, you know, Sabbath and, like, Neil Young and, and like, uh, stuff along along those lines. But I was like, ah, that's cool. Right on. But it wasn't until I heard uh, bands like Nirvana and the Melvins and the Butthole Surfers and stuff that I was like, oh, wait, no, this actually, like, this is different. This is, like, for me. This is, like, crazier and weirder and, like, kind of, like... I, I, like I mostly just read like comic books and like you know sci-fi and stuff, and I was pretty happy doing that. And then like once I, once I kind of found the music that really kind of spoke to me, then I kept digging more and more. I like f- the, found the, the records that had the thank yous for, um, yeah, like the the bands that were thanked on these records. I sought out those bands as well, which how I found Steel Pole Bathtub mm-hmm. and like Unwound. Oh man, <laughs> and so that's for- cool. What what was weird about them? You said that they were weird. What was weird about uh, Steel Pole? You talking about or- uh, no, 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 not Steel Pole Bathtub. I know. It's oh weird no, about just that. just um, Ian, is that just 
Why are they different? If my dad listened to them, he'd be like, this all sounds the same. I don't yeah, I don't know. Like this I I like the fact that the songs were catchy, but like the guitar sounded like, you know, different and kinda cool. And then so then my my friend, my best friend at the time, just randomly showed up at my house one day with a bass, said like, Hey, I just bought a bass. Uh you should buy a guitar so we can be a band. Which I said, Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Wow. And like that was as much thought as we put into it. That's way better than my answer. <laughs> What's your, what's your what answer? was the first okay but what was the first when did you like you know there's subversion and stuff you're talking about all this and you're real smart right so you're talking about you have you say pretty words so where was your first subversive thought like where like where were you like oh like was it like lyrics like a nirvana lyrics or something or, yeah and it's, where do you get so so nirvana beget melvin's and sonic youth and buttle surfers where i was just like wow this is like and of course it's like oh it's you know buttle surfers oh buttle surfers there's farts and like you know like whatever <laughs> like you know there's that kind of stuff as well but just hearing like yeah like i've never like i was like i've never heard these kinds of noises before but they're really cool sounding yeah. and it, yeah. this is like a really neat song and it's not like what i'm hearing from you know what my parents like mm-hmm. and then that just kind of led me to like find Okay, what bands do they like? What bands do they like? And then I worked at a record store, and it was his hats off See, after that. Go. You yeah. know, after that, it was like, all right, <laughs> I'm finding jazz records I like suddenly, you know, a year later. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, I've got a better, rather than punk rock music, uh-huh. punk rock attitude. Yes. I was thinking mm-hmm. about this earlier yeah. because I was listening to the song. And I'll do this real quick because I know we're running yep, we're, we're, running, running yep. out of time. Uh, the, the John Lennon single, Instant Karma, on the B side, oh, yeah. there's Yoko Ono doing Don't Worry Kyoko. And it's... If you've oh. never heard Yoko Ono, it's crazy. It's like this weird blues thing with Yoko just wailing all over it. And I remember I had it on a tape, and I was on a school trip, and I was almost like playing it like just almost as a weapon, just like listen to this noise. This is so stupid and weird. <laughs> and a friend of mine listened, to, like listened to it, very as a weapon. I like yeah. that. Yeah, listened to it, and was just like, oh, that's really interesting, huh? And so I kind of stepped back. I was like, is it interesting? <laughs> what else am I missing? I was just trying to piss you off, actually, <laughs> yeah. as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, and so that, like, that, like, grabbing that and just like, no, okay, there is merit to this. What's the merit, and where, what, where do I dig to find that sure. thing? Yeah, and that was that. And then I moved That's, to lacrosse. Uh, you, like, what did you say? Then you moved to lacrosse. Then I moved uh, to lacrosse, and the warehouse was there. Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. Uh, good place. That stuff. Yeah. I love that you talked about Yoko Ono because, you know, although we all know I hate the Beatles, um, uh, you know, do you know about her? And I say that all the time in yeah. my classes. And then, like, one, one time some poor kid came up to me, he was like a freshman, and he was like, one of the first days, I was like, yeah, I fucking hate the Beatles. He came up to me, like, pulled up his pants leg, and, like, on the back of his leg was, like, this huge Beatles tattoo. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's, I, don't worry, it's, everything's fine. But are you familiar with Yoko Ono's artwork? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so this is one of my favorite things to tell tell my students, and you know, this is a great ending piece, right? <laughs> um, uh, there, there's like she's got like a there's a ladder, you, you know. This is her one of her installations that, that I talk about in, in my classes. Like, you walk up the ladder and all the way to the ceiling, and when you get to the ceiling, there's a tiny, tiny little word up there printed on the ceiling. You've climbed up this ladder to see it, and it's the tiny word that she's written up there is the word yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. that cool? Oh, yes. nice. Yeah. I love that. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, like... That's yeah. that's, that's, that's a good place to end it, I think. Yeah. Rose, it's been, it's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for doing the show. We really appreciate it. 
I was terrified. So oh. thanks for asking me. I'm glad I got over it. Oh, gosh. Come on. You're fantastic. Oh, Thank you for fantastic. talking to us. We, we really appreciate it, as does everyone else. And uh, looking forward to new goddamn poster children record. So uh, uh, yeah. May 18th, right? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. You guys got to come down here and play at the night shop. I'll book you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, <laughs> like, sounds okay. I won't book you, but um, I'll I'll send you to the right place. Yeah, hook, hook, give us the hookup. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. you don't have to book the show because you know we all we all know that we don't want the monitors stolen. But, uh... <laughs> no, that's champagne. That's totally. Different. Oh, okay. Totally yeah. different. Totally much, different. Much, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've moved up. All right, Rose. Thanks right. so much. It's great talking to you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Ah, there she goes. Oh. There she goes. Uh, it's so great, so so great to talk to Rose. Yes, that was fun. Oh. She's the coolest. She's the best. Resisting. All right, ran a little over there. Music off, music off. Coming up next, live listeners. Listen up. This is Proton Commercial, RadioNeutron.com. RadioNope.com. Ah, <laughs> whoa! Uh, look, look it up on the old, the, them old bar internets and uh, good stuff. All right, All right. check, check, and check. Are we going? Is this thing on?
if there's no one there to receive. It's the end radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day,
been a real emergency? 